garage experts. A gift for you, a gift for everyone in your home, a gift for your home, a gift for your investment in your own property. Number one brand nationwide in the garage improvement space, epoxy. Highest level, excellent um, moisture barrier. That in, one of the things I noticed this past summer is my garage always felt cooler than it did before. And I imagine it's because the humidity levels were kept down a bit. You had that moisture barrier. Uh, that was part of it. Hundreds of colors from which to choose. Light, bright, extremely easy to clean. It's one, one of the best parts of, of, um, of the transformation of my garage. That uh, combined with the customized storage that I had done, I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, I've, I've said it before, and it is absolutely true. The garage is the one room that I have in the house that I have had people take pictures of to show other people. That doesn't happen in other rooms in the house. Usually if somebody takes a picture of a garage, it's to show what a nightmare it is. Like, oh my gosh, you thought ours was bad? Look at this. But with Garage Experts, that tremendous transformation uh, took place. You can see a video of it on uh, Facebook. It's 1041 Nick Reed. And have them do a free consultation for you. And you don't have to do it all at the same time, incidentally. Maybe you want to do the floor uh, now and then come summertime. Or maybe when you get a tax return, uh, get a get customized storage done. Um, that's something they can work out with you. They're great people. Tell them also that uh, you heard about Garage Experts from me. They'll make sure to give you a discount. Garage Experts under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. I just want to say a couple of other things and then wrap this issue of medical care and the state of it compared to what it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And what I believe is, and I think that the feedback and the statistics bear this out, that it has diminished, that the quality of care has diminished. Not because people in the medical profession don't care. In fact, because uh, many of them care, they they have gotten out because it becomes more... I mean, hell, I, I didn't even get to the part where... I don't even know if I have this story today. Where was it here? I don't know they do. Where more and more of these, these medical... Um, or um, uh, the uh, hospitals that do training and medical schools are focusing more and doing hiring based on uh, wokeness as opposed to medical experience and medical. I mean, it, you know, you you throw that into the mix on top of everything else. It's the people who are running these these massive corporations that are hospitals. I mean, they are destroying everything. And the the doctors and and the and the the nurses and the the uh, nurse practitioners, all of those, they're oftentimes victims as well. And unfortunately, what's happening though is they are as those people leave, they are training young people to see skin color instead of uh, uh, you know biology. They're you know they're, they're indoctrinating them with wokeness, and so they're eventually going to fill. The hospitals with doctors and, and medical professionals that don't care about you so much, that care about an agenda and only see you as a color or a sexual orientation. And I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> you think it's bad now. It is going to get much worse. Now, I do want to say that there are instances, and somebody, in fact, in the 
uh, on uh, our Facebook page noted that they had their neck broken uh, some time ago, and they had wonderful experience at, at one of the local hospitals. And obviously, the, yeah, that you, you generally hear about the negative stories, uh, but but clearly, and it should be noted. I mean, there are examples in which people do get fantastic health care, and and uh, you know their personal experience it happened to work out. Um, and uh, like I said, you know, I believe the vast majority of those that work with the patients right now, they do care. They're just as frustrated as as everyone else. Um, somebody had texted in uh, without going into all the details, their personal experience, and they noted that a combination of asthma and diabetes that they felt has gotten worse compelled them to try to get an appointment in, uh, noting that they're having um, – an increase in, I don't know if you were to call them complications, but they're just getting sicker when it comes to the symptoms of their, their diabetes and asthma. And they have been told June of 2023 is the first time they can get in. Now, the reason this is significant is because this is why the death rate is higher for ailments like heart disease and diabetes in countries with socialized medicine. It is because of the wait time. This has been documented. Now, people like to point out the Michael Moores and others, and and just normal people, they'll go on Google and they'll look up statistics, the average uh, life expectancy, and when it comes to uh, medical care and health care, they put it in that context and it'll show the United States is lower than a lot of European countries. But if you take car accidents, fatal car accidents and murders out of it, the United States life expectancy shoots up above most of those other countries. And those deaths should not be in those statistics because they don't have anything to do with health care. If you get shot in the face and killed, it doesn't matter if you ha- what sort of health care you have, you're dead. If you are in a head-on collision on 65 and you aren't wearing your seatbelt and you die instantly, healthcare is is irrelevant. And so that's why those numbers should be taken out. And when they are, our life expectancy goes up. And the primary reason is because up and this is where we're getting worse unfortunately, when it came to things like diabetes, where somebody who who has diabetes and they feel that it's getting worse here in the United States. You could go to your doctor, call your doctor, and, and you're in by the end of the week. Where in Europe, it would be a six, seven, eight month wait, at which point things get so much worse oftentimes the person can't come back from it. Heart disease is another one. And that's why it's just so, it makes me so angry to hear that that is what we have done to ourselves, that now the reasons that the life expectancy for people with treatable uh, diseases or disorders is much lower in socialized medicine countries is because of the wait times, and that's what we've now. Well, it's what we're doing here now. I don't know if there have been recent studies that compare the wait times here into the United States versus then, uh, or versus uh, uh, let's say again European countries or or Canada. Um, you know, obviously, it used to be a huge gap. Uh, clearly, if there is a gap, it's much smaller now, and and it's unfortunate because again, it's it's not uh, getting better; it, it is getting worse. And one final thing before we go to Jason Ryan in the news here: the media has a hand in this as well. I know it sounds like I always dog on them. 
when the media writes a story or investigates why things are going poorly, who do they go to? They go to this. They go to the the corporate people who run the hospitals. And they get their version of why things are are not going well. And we saw this oftentimes. You have a, you had a massive number of people that were let go, that were fired, uh, that were forced to resign in hospitals across this country because they would not get the vaccine. Yet whenever the shortages would pop up as a news item, the CEOs or the public relations people would never, ever mention that. And, that, and so you'd have these news stories written about nurse, nursing shortages, but it would never mention the max vaccine mandate because the people that they were getting the information from certainly weren't going to say, well, because of what we did. Now, I also at the same time understand the reality of the media can't exactly get a quote from a doctor or a nurse who works for many of these hospitals because that's their boss. And it's completely understandable why you have a medical professional who really recognizes, understands the problems that are going on uh, when it comes to the diminished care that many of them say we are getting, whether it's nationally or here locally, that they aren't going to you know, tell somebody who's going to write a story on it, well, here are the real reasons, because that's not going to look real great when it comes job review time, or they may get fired. And they know that. Uh, the, the problem is... I believe with journalism any longer today, there's no real deep dive investigating any longer. It's interview who we can, and then whatever they say, that must be the truth. And given the environment of corporate hospitals, the only individuals that are willing or able to speak are the ones that are making the decisions that result in the problems. And so that's how the stories get written up. And it's why whenever this subject matter comes up, it's almost that's why it was just flooded with phone calls and and with text messages from people because it's like, oh my gosh, somebody's finally talking about this. You would not know if you were from another planet and you read news, local news, that, that these problems that you all are talking about even exist. But more importantly, why they exist. Because if there ever is a focus or a decision to do a story on it, who are they going to ask? They're going to ask the people who run the hospitals. And it's highly likely their version of why things are diminishing, if they acknowledge that they are, is going to be much different than what the doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners say and the people in admission and everyone else who works in the medical system and patients. All right, Jason Ryman with the latest news. And I want to thank everybody who weighed in. Sorry those were not able to get to you, but I do have a lot of other stuff I want to get to this morning. But I definitely appreciate everybody who weighed in and tried to weigh in, both calling and texting the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line. Voters in the Springfield School District will be asked to approve a $220 million bond issue in April. That money would go to build new Pipkin and Reed Middle Schools and pay for storm shelters at six elementary schools. It would also provide safety and security upgrades across the district The bond issue would be paid for by extending the current 73-cent levy for another four years. A school district in the Kansas City area has voted to move to a four-day school week. The independent school district making that change to retain teachers amid a statewide shortage. Independence has more than 14,000 students, making it the largest school district in the state to switch to a four-day schedule. Springfield City Council has once again tabled a seven-brew coffee location near Sunshine and Jefferson. 
Matt Moyer has more. The city planning and development director says one of the best ways to deal with any traffic backups in the area would be to build a median on Jefferson. If a median was installed, drivers could only turn right in or right out on Jefferson. But before that happens, council must first ask the planning commission to add the median condition to the use permit for the business. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Cloudy morning. Uh, sun's expected to break through at some point today, leaving us with a high of 49. Clear 27 tonight, 39 tomorrow. Friday, mostly sunny, high of 36. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Speaking of Serenity Honors, we do have Heroes Breakfast coming up this Friday. Serenity Honors, one of the sponsors helping pay for those breakfasts this Friday at Scramblers. Scramblers, of course, helping out. Uh, And then Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, and Delta Roofing. If you're a veteran, come out as we broadcast live Friday, 6, 8, and 9, and they're all going to come together, buy you some breakfast. All right, so here's an interesting article. This is American Spectator. Can Newsom's drinking and womanizing come back to haunt him? Evidently, there's a lot that the people of California know about Gavin Newsom that we don't. Governor Gavin Newsom does not want to stay in California forever. But if Newsom does try for the presidency or another national position, he might encounter more resistance to his sordid past than he did when he was running for governor of California. As mayor of San Francisco, Newsom had a secret relationship with his married secretary, and publicly dated a 19-year-old. His admitted problems with alcohol abuse led him to show up drunk to an official mayoral visit on at least one occasion. During his first gubernatorial primary, one independent anti-Newsom pack used those events against him. One paid ad on Facebook in 2018 asked the question, quote, do you think it was inappropriate for Newsom to have a relationship with a subordinate staff member suffering from substance dependency? While one ad on Instagram said, quote, do you question Newsom's judgment in engaging in a relationship with a 19-year-old woman who accompanied him to a formal public event and was photographed with an alcoholic beverage in her hand? Those ads did not gain much traction in the free love state of California, but the story of his philandering and as mayor may raise some concerns in Georgia or Ohio. For most of Newsom's first term as mayor, he and his then-wife, Kimberly Guilfoyle, were a power couple. They appeared in the September 2004 edition of Harper's Bazaar under the headline, The New Kennedys. Guilfoyle and Newsom posted in what had been described as a sexually tinged photo, one of which shows them sprawled out on a rug of billionaire Gordon Getty's mansion while wearing an evening dress and tuxedo. The article described the two as, quote, one of the most glamorous political unions since Jack and Jackie. Four months later, Newsom and Guilfoyle announced that they were getting divorced. By February, Newsom's phone number was leaked from Paris Hilton's buddy list on her messaging device. Throughout 2005, Newsom and Guilfoyle remained married but separated, even appeared at events together, including a November dinner with now King Charles and his wife Camilla. At the time, locals questioned whether the divorce would even go through, but this is the period during which Newsom says his affair with his married secretary took place. In February of 2006, before his divorce with Guilfoyle had been finalized, he met actress Sophia Milos, a Scientologist, at a glitzy wedding. That very weekend, he was spotted kissing the CSI Miami star at 2 a.m. or at 2 a.m. at a North Beach cafe later that day, 
The mayor was seen grabbing lunch with a young, cute blonde. Within a matter of a week, his divorce was finalized. Newsom attended a variety of celebrity events with Milos, including an event in March held by the anti-psychiatric medicine organization Citizens Commission on Human Rights, which was founded by the Church of Scientology, prompting questions over his relationship with the cult-like religion. In September, Newsom showed up for opening night at the San Francisco Symphony with a teenager, a young-looking blonde named Brittany Mounts on his arm. He was 38 years old. Attending opening night with was part of his official mayoral duties. The Fan- San Francisco Chronicle reported that Newsom played coy about his date, assigning her various personas, everything from saying she was a speechwriter or to uh, saying she was a secretary, even a sports writer. At the time, there was no concern over the power differential between the 38-year-old mayor of a major city and the 19-year-old restaurant hostess. An NBC News article, which referred to Mounts as Mayor McHottie's new girlfriend, said, is the city bothered by the mayor's May-October relationship? Not exactly. Quote, I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about the young woman he's seen, said San Francisco Chronicle gossip columnist Leah Garchik back in 06. It's a live-and-let-live city, and we have a young, handsome mayor. More power to them. Most of the concern came from supporters who worried that it could make Newsom look bad on the national stage. One editor at a local paper, however, did criticize the mayor's decision-making at the time, saying everyone expects him to have this big political career, but he makes a lot of bad choices. Kim was always putting her foot in her mouth, and now he's dating this girl who's barely out of college. He lets his hormones take over. There were some questions about Mount's age. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that... Mounts changed her age on her MySpace page from 19 to 26. The paper looked into her further, found that Mounts was a registered Republican. In California, the fact that the mayor was dating a Republican was a bigger scandal than the fact that the mayor was dating a teenager with whom he shared a 19-year age gap. Quote, how dare he, said one anonymous city official. He knows how to pick them. You can count the young female Republicans in this town on one hand. Media criticism also centered around the irrelevant and the context of an inappropriate relationship. Mounts was seen holding a glass of wine at an event she attended with Newsom. When a journalist asked Newsom if he had been drinking with Mounts, who was a teenager, at the Westfield Mall opening, Newsom, in characteristic fashion, freaked out in anger, telling reporters, I've got to deal with all kinds of terrible calls from reporters doing horrible things that are mean-spirited. Newsom's spokesman said that Newsom never provided Mounts with the alcohol, adding that if she was drinking, the mayor did not notice. Mounts and Newsom also attended a black tie dinner at the M.H. DeYoung Museum on September 23, 06, in a photograph both are pictured beaming and leaning against one another. Now, I'm going to pause here because I do have to get a break. We have traffic, and then I'll continue the rest of the story, which includes the revelation that Newsom once showed up at a hospital where there had been a police officer shot and Newsom was drunk. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Springfield's Talk 1041 is always just an app away. Download the KSGF app and listen live or catch what you missed on KSGF Mornings with Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. <laughs> 
First alert forecast, cloudy morning, sunshine later on, high of 49, clear 27 tonight. Mostly sunny, 39 tomorrow, mostly sunny on Friday with a high of 36. All right, picking up, if you missed any of the American Spectator piece, evidently the people of California know a different Gavin Newsom than the rest of us do, as he claims he has no interest in running for the presidency, less than interest. In fact, he said sub-zero interest, though it's clear, with his trips to the border and uh, deciding to visit the White House that time when Biden wasn't there, came out rolling his sleeves up, literally, that he is he's trying to present himself as presidential material. Picking up in this American Spectator piece, um, they noted that Newsom, they're talking about this teenager that he dated for a while while evidently sleeping with some other women, and he was still married, not quite divorced, with Guilfoyle, uh, the the uh, gal's name, and she, she was 19, um, changed her face, or sorry, MySpace profile to say she was 26. Uh, her name was Mounts, and Mounts and Newsom attended a black tie dinner uh, in '06. Newsom also was accompanied to an event in September of '06 by an Aaron Brody, different gal, who had recently starred in NBC's reality TV series for Love or Money and appeared as Miss October in the sexiest woman of reality TV calendar. It's unclear when Newsom began dating his now wife, Jennifer Siebel. According to some accounts, they began dating in September of 2006. A November 14th, 22 article in The Wrap says, quote, Newsom began dating Siebel in September of 2006. However, the couple made their first public appearance on November 3rd of 2006 when the two attended the Red Tie Gala, which benefited a nursing home run by the Little Sisters of the Poor, a Catholic order of nuns. The pair initially had a rough go at it as of or as on January 31st of 2007, Alex Tork, Newsom's top aide and campaign manager, confronted Newsom after he learned that his wife, Ruby Rippy Tork, with whom he shared several young children, had an affair with Newsom. Tork quit in disgust. He and his wife divorced. The news quickly became public. Newsom admitted the affair, said he was sorry at a news conference. Quote, thank you all for coming here on short notice. I want to make it clear that everything you've heard and read is true. I'm deeply sorry about that. I hurt someone I deeply care about, Alex Tork, his friend and family. That is something I have to live with and something that I am deeply sorry for. At the time of the affair, Rippy Tork was working as Newsom's appointment secretary. In the summer of 2006, the year after the affair, she took a leave of absence from the mayor's office and went into rehab for alcohol abuse in Arizona, for which she received $10,000 from the city. As part of its catastrophic illness program, the funding was an exception to the city's usual procedures. The affair is still remembered in the city of San Francisco. The chairman of the San Francisco GOP, John Dennis, told the American Spectator, quote, as a husband and a father, the thing that bothers me about him is that he slept with his best friend's wife. He broke up their family, never apologized for it. He broke up the family. They had small kids. That was a terrible thing to do. Dennis saying, quote, he's such a narcissist that he couldn't even keep his hands off his best friend's wife. When he was in a position of power that tells you everything you need to know about him, he is a bad guy, end quote. Soon after the revelation of the affair, Newsom announced that he would seek counseling for alcohol abuse. Quote, upon reflection with friends and family this weekend, I have come to the conclusion that I will be a better person without alcohol in my life. He said in a statement, 
While Newsom claimed that his problems with alcohol are not an excuse for my personal lapses in judgment, his announcement had the effect of mollifying San Francisco citizens with the story that Newsom had acted because of clinical problems. The media often referred to Newsom's treatment as rehab, but in 2018, Newsom revealed that he didn't go to rehab. His treatment was really a series of one-on-one conversations with a coach. Newsom told the San Francisco Chronicle, I never went to rehab. I went to Mimi, who is a whole version of life. Coach, change, get your act together. Mimi said stop, so I stopped. And that was it. And then she said, I'll tell you when I think you can have wine again. The public was concerned at the time that Newsom had a drinking problem. In December of 2006, Newsom showed up drunk to a hospital the night that a San Francisco police officer was shot to death. Newsom was there to, conf- uh, to comfort the officer's family. In reporting the eyewitness accounts, the San Francisco Chronicle said, quote, it's not the first time that Newsom has been spotted after hours, at least one sheet to the wind. Indeed, Newsom was a known heavy drinker, and that is remembered in San Francisco. Greg, a wealthy San Francisco resident who chose not to share his last name, saying, I don't want to be associated with that man, told the American Spectator, I saw him all the time when he used to hang out at the Balboa Cafe, which is uh, owned by the restaurant group Newsom founded. Half the time, he was lit. In California, Gavin's affairs and relationships with a teenager are today largely forgotten, said John Howard, the editor of Capital Weekly, a nonpartisan news outlet that covers California politics. Quote, I don't hear that come up any time now, he said. The only time I hear his relationship come up is when Kimberly Guilfoyle's in the news, like when she went on TV and melted down and was a lunatic. I think people say, God, that woman was married to Gavin Newsom. Last year, the memory of those relationships was brought back into the public consciousness for a short time when Los Cerritos Community News published an article headlined exclusive Governor Gavin Newsom having an affair with a high-level staffer. Again, this was just last year. The article said Hughes Media Group Cerritos News has learned from high-level sources that Gavin Newsom is having a romantic relationship with one of his close staffers. The San Joaquin Valley Sun reported that same month that the worst-kept secret in Sacramento was that Newsom was engaged in multiple alleged extramarital affairs over the course of 2020 alone. The San Joaquin Valley Sun claimed that sources on K Street and within the Capitol complex peppered the Sun with corroborating rumors of infidelity by Newsom during the pandemic year. An anonymous, I'm sure he wore a mask. One anonymous source telling the newspaper this is spiraling into the worst kept secret in town. The San Joaquin Valley Sun said that it knew who the woman was and that she was a California official. The paper reported that the Los Angeles Times and Politico were both chasing the story. However, no further stories have come of the rumor, and it has not been substantiated in any way. With Newsom's past scandals of breaking up a young family, dating a teenager... A second affair would be just another item on a list of personal failures. The question is whether America has grown to become so much like California that it, too, won't care about these scandals. Now, I can tell you right now, this will only be an issue if he runs and he has primary opponents that want to use it. 
Kamala Harris, namely amongst them. She's from California as well, so she obviously uh, shares a lot of the same circles. She She's familiar with all of the things that Gavin Newsom has done. Uh, I think for some folks, they won't point to the affairs themselves, but the fact that, you know, he's, he's toting around a teenager while sleeping with lots of other women. He, he has sex with you know his, his best friend's wife who also works for him. Uh, yeah, he, just the, that and showing up to comfort the family of a police officer that was just shot and he shows up drunk. These sorts of things. They, they they won't come directly out of the mouth or the campaign of any of the other Democrats, but what they'll do is they will utilize organizations that get dark money so that it can't be assigned to anyone in terms of funding, and they'll have those organizations put that stuff out there. And what they may even do is craft, and this is part of the brilliance of dark money, is you create an organization that sounds like it's conservative. That way the stuff gets out there, but you can also claim that it's Republicans who are doing it if you get any backlash from any fellow Democrats. If he were to get the nomination, and this were something that came up in the general election, we would hear, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump. And the very people who claim that Trump should never have been president because of the affairs that he had will all of a sudden say, it's okay now. Because it's their guy doing it. And I really doubt they won't be telling Christians that you can't support Gavin Newsom because of his personal lifestyle, like they told Christians when it came to Trump. Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Sir Mars. Beatles Property Maintenance. Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S. And what do they do? Well, I'll tell you. They do a variety of home repairs and maintenance. Now, they can do quite a bit. In fact, it'd probably be easier to tell you the things that they don't do instead of the things that they can help you out with. Uh, but they do a lot of those big name jobs. Maybe you have some mold uh, that you need to get taken care of. Maybe you've had a leak that has been left untreated and now you're having problems with that. Maybe you have some crawlspace repairs that need to be done. Maybe you need a vapor barrier installed. Maybe you need a bathroom remodel. Beatles Property Maintenance can help you out with all of those things. Plus, they can also help you out with those honey-do list items. You know, those kind of small things that you talk with with your uh, significant other and you think, oh, you know, we should do that or we should get this updated or that updated. Uh, And then it becomes a list and you just kind of run out of time. Beatles Property Maintenance, they can definitely help you out with some of those maintenance items as well. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Bruce and the Beatles Property Maintenance team at ksgf.com under the Sarah his endorsements tab right now whip people into shape here or santa's angels that's right well Well, first a tremendous of course heartfelt thank you to those who have adopted kids and brought the gifts in we truly 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 appreciate every single person that has helped us out we appreciate you guys so much we appreciate every single sponsor every tree location every single listener who helps make this possible this is very near and dear to our heart we have done this for i think 15 years now and it's just something that we love to do we love to be able to give back to our community now that being said as this morning 
I, I think that we've had a couple of people bring gifts in, so this might not be as accurate. But uh, before we started the show, we had 46 gifts at the office, which means that we had 35 children unaccounted for. And the presents are due back to the station by tomorrow. Now, we had a listener ask us um, earlier this morning, well, where exactly is the station located? Well, we are at 2330 West Grand Street. We are right off of Kansas Expressway. The best way to find us is look for the radio tower once you are on Grand Street. It's literally right in our backyard, and that's kind of how you find us. Now, we are open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Houston is typically the one who will answer the door, and he will get those gifts taken care of. Um, Now, if you have any questions, questions do like do you unwrap the gifts do you wrap them Uh, do I need to bring a receipt just any of those questions that come up quite a bit we have a frequently asked question area on our Santa's Angel page that's going to be at ksgf.com so if you do have one of those ornaments uh, if you're on Facebook live I'm holding up an ornament right now so you can see what they look like if you have one of these and you are needing to drop it off please 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 do that before tomorrow and once again just a tremendous thank you for everybody who helps make Santa's Angels possible uh, on the American Transmissions talking text line there's a a question about seven down you may want to oh check out all right thank you treasury health and human services approve expansion of health care coverage to illegals in washington state president biden's administration will allow washington state to provide health insurance to illegal aliens within its borders by rolling back requirements for the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. Well, this is definitely going to make our health care system more efficient and result in better services to the patient, isn't it? The Department of the Treasury and the Department of Health and Human Services approved the state's request via a state innovation waiver, which was requested by Washington's government in May. HHS and Treasury said in a joint statement, Washington has requested a waiver in order to expand access to qualified health plans, standalone qualified dental plans, and a state affordability program to Washington residents, regardless of immigration status. Uh, This was predicted. Predicted by people who were called liars. Predicted by people who were accused of trying to scare Americans into believing that the health care system was going to be uh, something that would be funded for illegal aliens by taxpayers. In fact, a, a moment that many of you remember was when Obama was giving an address to Congress and he was addressing some of the lies about Obamacare. One of them claims that eventually it would be used to give health care to illegal aliens and that that would not happen. And a Republican member of Congress yelled out, you lie. And Republicans could not trip over themselves fast enough to condemn him and strip him of committees. While Democrats in the media went on and on about how Obama, this would never lead to a taxpayer's funding or providing insurance, uh, medical insurance for illegal aliens. And here we are. Yet another, another promise made by the Democrat Party that turned out to not be true. 
And as usual, the very people who claim that it would not happen are the very people who justify it and rationalize it and support it today. It's virtually every warning of a policy or a result of a policy that is pointed out regarding uh, referencing you know, Democrat legislation or executive orders, and they say, that's not true, not going to happen, it won't happen, that's a lie, trying to scare people. It always occurs, and then those same people always tell you, oh, no, this is perfectly normal. I mean, this only makes sense. And when you have a population of people who don't mind being lied to, don't mind being made fools of, these people continue to stay in power. The prosecution of Bankman Freed, the announcement yesterday, this is a guy that was just skipping through the fields hand-in-hand with Democrat people, uh, some of the, the most powerful Democrats in the country, Bill Clinton shared a stage with him. Uh, now, he also threw some money to people like, I think, Mitt Romney. And it's it's the, the typical uh, establishment people who side with Democrats over and over again. Yet the announcement yesterday, oh, he was, it, it, it was trying to, to corrupt the system in a bipartisan fashion. Bull crap. This is not bipartisan at all. You always know that the Democrats have guilt dripping from them when they're like, this isn't about politics. This is bipartisan. This isn't about Republican or Democrat. Uh, Yeah, sure, it's not. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. If you need somebody going to be your advocate passionately you need emily johnson when it comes to real estate buying or selling home maybe it's investment maybe it's to move into your downsizing upsizing and one of the great things about her she's honest with you she will find from you she will ask you you know what what is it that you need what is it you are looking for and then she's going to be honest a lot here's the thing uh when you're house buying sometimes you excuse certain things because you really you know you really want to buy a new house or uh, you find one that, uh, yeah, it doesn't really have all the things that you need, but oh my gosh, that kitchen is amazing. One of the great things about Emily is she will remind you, she's like, now listen, you know, you did say you want this, that you need to keep that in mind. So she's, she, she's not about getting, selling you a house as quickly as possible. She wants to make sure you get in the one that you really need. And so that's why it's important that you let her know those things. She's going to keep you grounded in reality. That's what she does. And when it comes to selling your home as well, those realistic expectations. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. So prosecutors say Bankman Freed made tens of millions of dollars in illegal campaign contributions. Uh, Said that, well, it was was a bipartisan. Vast, 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 vast majority of it went to Democrats. There was a little spread around to the people like the Murkowskis and the Romneys, which when it really comes push to shove, act as Democrats, and I'm surprised they don't caucus with them. I noted yesterday that perhaps it was a coincidence that this, indiv- that this was announced and the individual was arrested just the day before he was set to testify before Congress. Now, 
I'm going to throw out another thought that I believe bolsters the argument that this was done in order to prevent him from speaking out in a way that the American public could hear. Potentially implicating members of Congress, potentially being like, well, gosh, Senator so-and-so, don't you remember this and that and humiliating them. If you're a prosecutor and you have your eye on someone, which, by the way, did this not move really, really fast with this guy? This is just what a few weeks ago all this happened and already they have a case put together to have him arrested. But if you are really the prosecutor. Do you know what a. a, a enviable position it is in if the person that you plan on arresting and charging is getting ready to go openly publicly testify in a manner in which he most likely is going to implicate every single thing that he would say you could use against him this is an individual that's not given their Miranda. They're not, you know, none of that stuff. And he's probably not the savviest individual when it comes to legal uh, things as well. Somebody who I imagine is a bit of a narcissist, as oftentimes people uh, in his world are, and they don't think that they, you know, that they can get themselves out of anything. And so it, they just talk, talk, talk. If I'm a prosecutor and I find, and I'm, I've got a, I don't care how nailed I think I got this guy, and I find out he's going to go willingly testify openly with cameras rolling, I would keep it as quiet as possible as long as I could that I was going to have the, the charges filed against this guy. So he starts talking. Because every single thing that he would say, you could use against him. Now, there's a chance he would say nothing, but it is, to me, almost incomprehensible especially if Republicans are allowed to ask him questions, that he's going to say nothing that could be useful to the prosecutor, yet the prosecutor decided not to do that. That once-in-a-lifetime golden opportunity that you, uh, you, you wouldn't even think to wish for because it would almost seem co- incomprehensible. And the prosecutor's like, oh, no, 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 let's scoop him, let's go ahead and, and, and let's get him. In jail, let's file these charges before he does that open testimony. To me, there is absolutely no reasonable explanation for that other than not wanting him to be publicly talking about people that he made donations to and what sort of favors he may have been promised or have gotten in return. And given what to me appears like an obvious attempt by the powers that be to make sure he's keeping his mouth shut, I'd be very, very concerned if I were him that I would be facing an Epstein situation. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Glenn Beck's next. Talk to you tomorrow.